This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio. From MPB Think Radio, this is Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Kevin Farrell with Dr. Greg Gordon, a board-certified internist and psychiatrist. We've all worked next to someone who wears way too much perfume or had a teenager who has yet to discover deodorant. But how can you actually talk to people about such sensitive problems? If you need help bringing up these topics or if you just have the perfect solution for doing so, you can give us a call today at 1-877-MPB-RING. We'll answer your questions and we'd like you to answer ours as well. Has good advice ever hurt your feelings? Give us a call. The number's 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio, all things Mississippi. This is an MPB Think Radio Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio. And welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell with Greg Gordon, a board-certified internist and psychiatrist. Today we're going to be talking about bringing up sensitive subjects. We're going to ask you our question of the day. Has good advice ever hurt your feelings? We always have open lines at the beginning of the show. It's a good time to get on the line if you would like to participate in the program today. Our phone number, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you could send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Our producer, Ezra, always does a good job of giving me a number of links to work with as we talk about uh, each subject each week on uh, Relatively Speaking. And today, two of them that I thought were very helpful – uh, one was 11 tips for broaching difficult subjects. We can go over some of the items on that list. And also another one talks about healthy confrontation. And I guess, uh, Dr. Gordon, when we talk about bringing up sensitive subjects, in the opening we uh, use the example of maybe a coworker using too much perfume, your your teenager not wanting to shower as often as they want, and so therefore not smelling very well, and how mm-hmm. do you broach those sensitive things. But I guess constructive confrontation when you have issues uh, affecting you and maybe your coworkers or your family, uh, it's important to get those out in, in sort of a positive way where uh, things can be worked out as well. Absolutely. You know, confrontation doesn't necessarily mean a negative outcome where somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. A lot of times what we're trying to do is improve communication. And that's one of the things that I think is just a hallmark for any type of relationship is being able to effectively communicate. You know, being effective doesn't always mean that you're coming across with something which is nice. There are times when things have to be directed and you've recognized something which needs to change. And it is sometimes very helpful for everybody if people just come right out and say uh, what they're thinking about. You know, one of the things that I was, as I was reviewing this on Saturday and Sunday, was, you know, people sometimes think they have to be what they'll say brutally honest you know, the quote-unquote brutally honest, you know, you don't have to be brutal when you're being honest with people. You don't have to go out of your way to make comments in a way which are hurtful, come across as uh, snide or uh, sarcastic or condescending. You can talk with people in an open way, and that's one of the things that I think is a big challenge. You know, in the workplace, with uh, coworkers, at, at church, family, Christmas, you know, how we talk to each other. Sometimes, Somebody always wants to get the upper hand, and sometimes just a more effective way is just you know being more open, straightforward, making sure you're not angry, upset, uh, too distraught. But one of the things that I think people need to think about is really, do you have to tell it? You know, sometimes people want to tell it, and that's where I think sometimes the negative criticism comes in. Ooh, let me tell you the story about what I heard down at the church this week. Oh, well, you know, your sister in... Uh, and uh, her husband, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a variety of things that sometimes things don't need to be said. There's really not anything that's going to become constructive or positive out of spreading a rumor, you know, starting a rumor, passing things around. And I think my wife and I, <clears throat> we were we were the subject of a rumor a couple of years ago. And it really hurt. You know, really, really hurt that, that people would say these things. And the rumor would, would just make me an awful dad, just an awful dad. You know, and, and I learned to, to set that aside, but I remember how that felt. You know, uh, people were taking something out of context and magnifying it. 
you know, in, in terms of being communicative, I think it's easier if people can just be more straightforward, but you don't have to say everything that you've heard. So actually, good communication is really what we're talking about this morning. It's bringing up sensitive subjects. We're looking for your input, your questions, uh, your uh, life experiences that you would share with us. If you have uh, have an effective way that you are able to broach sensitive subjects with your coworkers, your friends, and your family, we'd like to hear your solution. Or if you're having some problems along those lines, if you're looking for a way to, to broach a subject with someone and you're, and you're not sure how to go about it, we might be able to provide you with some uh, thoughts and tips as well. 877-MPB-RING is our phone number. It's 877-672-7464 or send an email to family at mpbonline.org. One of the things that you mentioned, Dr. Gordon, and I think this applies not only to these sensitive subjects or a confrontation, but good communication in general, is to try to keep anger out of the equation. You said a lot of times, you know, people add those little extra hurtful things that are true, uh, but maybe not necessary. And I think a lot of times maybe they do that if you get angry or miffed at something, you in a way want to sort of jab back a little bit by by maybe putting something out there that that is hurtful, but true, but not merely necessarily, you know, has anything to accomplish. So I guess trying to remain calm and, and free of anger is an important part when dealing with these sorts of things. And when you're emotionally charged, angry, upset, hurt, you know, our brain processes things differently. When you're in an angry, hyped-up mood, you know, the brain is thinking about how do I end this fight, how do I end this conflict, and that's not necessarily about good communication. You know, I think in the heat of the moment, people often say things that they regret later on, you know, realizing, okay, I may have actually thought that, but I didn't mean to put it out there, you know, the fact that um, I don't like the cookies that you make or whatever. (laughs) I mean, certainly... If somebody said, hey, I don't like the sugar cookies you make, you wouldn't break my heart. <laughs> but <laughs> but that people say things in a time of anger. Um, and a lot of times, it's, if you will, it's a punch to the throat, if you will. It's meant to hurt. Although once it comes out, people then are often quite regretful that they've said that uh, there. You know, and so keeping a check on your emotions. When you're entering into something, particularly if it's elective, it's not a crisis, it's not... Um, you know, an immediate uh, situation, making sure that you're uh, calm, make sure that you're not hungry, make sure that you're not too tired. Um, I think it was several weeks ago I was on call and here I was a little snappy in the morning because <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, it had been a long call weekend at the university and I, I think I was a little snappy and I remember because we had a bunch of lights on the on the keyboard here and I got a little snappy and all of a sudden all the lights disappeared. (laughs) I don't want to deal with him. He's going to be grouchy. (laughs) But, you know, if you're too tired, if you're too hungry, if you're too stressed out, then look to see if it can wait an extra half an hour, an extra day, extra couple of days. Um, There's no reason to go into something when you're all keyed up. You know, the other thing is uh, these are unpleasant things, some, whether it's something that you feel uncomfortable talking about or whether it's uh, something that in a confront, confrontation you feel you need to work out in order to work with the person in both a, either as a your family member or a friend or a coworker. Uh, it's a difficult thing, but I guess there are a number of, of uh, positives that come out if you do go ahead and, and confront somebody or, or broach the sensitive subject. And one of the things is it sort of gets the what is it the is it the pink elephant or the what's the you know the thing that is obviously in the room and nobody wants to talk about it sort of clears the air and and you're able to uh, elephant in the room in the corner pink red white i'm not sure what but uh <laughs> but anyway clearing the air clears the air and you can sort of move on and then maybe work on uh improving your communication with that person um you know throughout the as you mm-hmm. as you press forward yeah um and also what about um it is also, I guess, maybe gives you a chance instead of <clears throat> trying to solve the problem yourself, there's someone else there that can help you solve that problem. And maybe does it build trust when you confront someone? At first, again, you might think that there's a negative, but if, if you bring up the subject, work things out, maybe that builds trust so that person knows in the future that if there is something that's upset upsetting, that there, there is a solution, there is a way to work it out. Oh, I think so. You know, when you, when you realize that you can work through a challenge with somebody – and be uh, polite, courteous, uh, and helpful where both people can come out in a positive way. It clearly helps improve the relationship, helps establish rapport, how we feel about one another over time. And I think a lot of times going through a challenge is, is a healthy way of growing. You know, uh, growing pains is part of uh, you know getting bigger and taller and stronger, but <clears throat> it does hurt in the shins as kids are going through that growing pain. And, and that's part of it. You know, relationships can grow or they can remain stagnant. 
And if you want your relationships to grow, they take effort, time, and communication are some of the key ways to help improve and strengthen relationships. Uh, Let's go to the phones. Uh, We have some phone calls lined up. Uh, We are on Relatively Speaking today, and we're talking about sensitive subjects, when to bring them up, how to bring them up uh, so that you get what you need and and not be too offensive to the person that you're dealing with. 877-MPB-RING is our phone number, which is 877-672-7464. Let's start by going to Baton Rouge, and Bubba's on the line. Bubba, what do you have for us this morning? Well, you spoke about being the elephant in the room and the growing pains. I grew up in an environment in the construction field where we always were very confrontational and everything that was needed to be said was said because mm-hmm. that was the way that it got done. And I based my life off work. I bring that work home with me a lot of times. And most of the time, my communication skills at work carry over into the home life. So I'm saying what I need to say, yet I'm offending the person I need to be saying it to, and I become that elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Can you see the problem that I have? And the communication skills are there. It's just not effectively relaying them in the manner that I'm feeling them. Absolutely. Because I always feel like I have to maybe be the dominant one in the conversation, which I have to be in work, being the type of field I'm in. Usually offend the people that I care about most Yeah. when I try to communicate that across to them because I can't bridge the gap between that line you know, of personal and business. Well, Bubba, I think that's an important area to kind of uh, think about. You know, uh, I guess having done construction from the time I was 15 until I was about 22 in medical school, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, the the foreman, um, the boss would give instructions and, you know, wouldn't always say please, you know. But then at the time, you know, of course, being paid, you know, to be down there as a construction laborer. And so I understand, you know, um, I understand part of what Bubba's talking about is sometimes people don't always use kind words, you know. But the thing about uh, the fact that a construction site may have a little bit of rough language it it doesn't necessarily need to be that way you know i understand that's the tradition i think having worked on gosh every summer i went to a different a different uh, construction site and that was a, a common theme that you know course language was said and things like that but you know learning to set a healthy limit between what happens at work and what happens at home is a skill that's going to take time bubba You know, one of the things that you want to see about is, do you want your family to respond to you in the same way that your coworkers do or the people who you supervise do? You know, and there's nothing like, you know, losing your temper or using a unkind word and then seeing a little, uh, you know, 10-year-old girl with uh, tears welling up in her eyes or perhaps a wife looking at you with uh, unhappy, uh, uh, unhappy look on her face. You know, but Bubba, one of these things is it does take time and it can occur over years, but it does have to come with you starting to think about when you come home, you want to see about saying, look, I'm away from work. I'm going to let go of those work habits. And what are the new things I want to do? You know, and, and even before you go into that house, I would encourage you to take a sm- take a minute to take a deep breath two or three times before you walk into the house and actually put a smile on your face. And as you're going in thinking, this is what I've worked so hard for. I've worked, you know, all day long to come home to a, a good family or to a, a certain home. You know, if the if there's toys on the floor or if supper's not ready, that's not the worst thing in the world to happen. You know, when you start to think about changing how you think about things and how you react to things, then it's possible for you to make changes. And so you're going to be uh, starting out, you know, going into the house with a smile on your face and saying, you know, hey, everybody, good to be back or um, nice to see you. You know, reach out to them. You know, if your wife is there, you know, give her a a hug, a kiss on the cheek and say, it's good to see you. Small things will set the set the bar move or set the um, set things going in place where gradually over time it will get better. The other thing, too, is you might want to think about how at work do you need to use uh, that same type of harsh language? You know, and, and again, I don't know if you've ever worked. Yeah, Kevin, I don't know if you've ever contraction, but, you know, there there used to be a lot of cussing. I don't know if there is anymore or not, but it, it was not rare for the supervisor to just cuss you up and down because you were at the wrong place or doing the wrong thing. You know, thankfully, I never did any damage. You know, I've seen I've seen them go off. 
But, you know, Bubba, I guess one of the things is is that things can change. Whether you're 82 or 52 or 32, you, you can make changes. We're on Relatively Speaking this morning. We're talking about how to bring up a sensitive subject uh, in, in a constructive way and to get uh, past an issue that you're having with maybe friends, family, coworkers, uh, and do that in a constructive way. So overall, I guess we're, again, talking about ways to effectively communicate with the people around you. 877-MPB-RING is our phone number, which is 877-672-7464. We'll be back with more of the program after this break. MPB Think Radio podcast. MPBonline.org. MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Greg Gordon, and today we're talking about bringing up sensitive subjects. So it's really effective communication we're talking about today. Uh, those instances where there's something unpleasant that you need to uh, get off your chest and clear the air with maybe a coworker, a family member, or some friends. Uh, how you go about doing that and have it become a constructive outcome uh, for both of you. 877-MPB-RING is our phone number if you have some thoughts or questions. 877-672-7464. Again, if you've uh, found a way that's effective for you in dealing with these sensitive subjects, being uh, when you have a confrontation or something that you need uh, to clear the air about with some friends and family members, if you've successful been doing that, we would certainly appreciate your insight and how you went about uh, getting a positive outcome. Uh, just a quick uh, recap. Bubba was on the line before we mm-hmm. took the break talking about, uh, you know, he's in a construction worker and uh, sometimes very confrontational in his business um, and was uh, found that that was leaking over into his family life. And it was a little bit concerned. Two points that I'd like to talk about. First of all, and this is uh, frequently on the show where we talk about something and someone calls up and says, hey, I'm having some troubles with that. You know, I'm not uh, c- communicating effectively or whatever. Isn't that really the first step, though, of 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 trying to change mm-hmm. is to recognize that there is a problem? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I thought it took a lot of courage for Bubba to call and kind of explain his situation, how work is uh, leaking over into his day to day life. Bubba, it happens so often. A lot of people take their work home with them, and that's one of the things about being healthy is you know work hard, play hard. You know, take your work seriously and and do that, but then learn to close it up and put it in a box. You know, with the rare exception of when I'm on call on you know, twice a, twice a month at the university. I really, you know, practice letting go of my work. You know, um, I, I don't, I don't let things come, you know, to me in the middle of the night all that often and, and just focus on my family. It's what I call the boring piece, you know, focus on, uh, you know, the simple things in life and the other things will take care of themselves. But Bubba, Bubba is not unique at all. There are a lot of men who do that. A lot of men bring their frustration, challenges and their behavior from work to home. And if if you want a home that's exactly like your work environment, then go for it. But otherwise, it's going to take time to nurture new ways of communicating, reacting, responding. And sometimes, you know, it's, you know, I can't tell you how many times people said, really, I pay you for this? <laughs> <laughs> but I always say, if you could do it, you wouldn't need me. And a lot of times, there's simple things that we can do that are very straightforward, like, you know, um, make sure you have all your work taken care of before you leave, even if it means an extra 10, 15 minutes. But don't spend hours, uh, you know, giving up family time for work uh, if you don't have to. You know, um, taking a little minute to slow down and, and you know, uh, take a breath of air before you go in and put a smile on your face. You'll be amazed the different response that you get with a smile than a frown or a growl there, too. If you are in a growling of a mood, go upstairs and take a shower and, and you know, take an extra 10 minutes to uh, sort of wash away the day stress and then come back out fresh and renewed. Little things. Figure out what your triggers are. And last thing is no alcohol. If you've had a rough day at work, don't think two beers or two highballs is going to make it any better. You know, um, come home, you know, learn to smile, learn to change differently. Alcohol, I've never seen alcohol help 
very much in terms of relieving job stress and making home life better. You know, one of the suggestions that you gave Bubba I thought was a good one, and that is maybe use your uh, commute time to constructively, maybe to, uh, you know, maybe a quiet time to start thinking about, as you said, try to put the day stresses behind you and think, wow, I've made it through another day. I'm going home. Got my family there. My my kids are there. Um, you know, my wife. So to take that time and sort of uh, so force yourself, as it were, to to put the day's concerns behind you and and, and uh, have a nice, uh, healthy attitude, a positive attitude when you get home. But, you know, sometimes that uh, commute can seem like wasted time, but if you kind of think about that or maybe put on your favorite cd as we've suggested before just a way to relax and decompress from the day so that when you do come home to your family you've got a fresh start and you aren't uh, doing some things that you regret in terms of your attitude and and uh, those sorts of things 877 mpb ring is our phone number this morning it's 877-672-7464 we're talking about how to bring up sensitive subjects how to get along with other people and communicate effectively uh, let's go to brandon dennis is on the line dennis what's your question for us Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I uh, am 67 years old, married my college sweetheart from 1962, about 10 months ago, 11 months ago. We're coming up on our first anniversary, and we are sharing a life together. She's an absolutely fantastic human being, a a retired nurse uh, who has spent her life tendering and taking care of and, of course, burying her parents and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. We live in Brandon. We have three dogs in the house mm-hmm. which <laughs> are attached to the hip <laughs> to her does that make any sense it does. and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know all through the night and through the day uh, it is a constant ongoing thing we're both retired mm-hmm. we love each other we share everything uh, you know she's just a tremendous person but these animals, God bless their hearts. I mean, there's everything from a, a, a carrier to a to a, a mal a malnuda to a, 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 I don't know a, a mixed Labrador type animal. You know, they go from they look mm-hmm. like three mutts and Jeffs. You know. <laughs> And they're all different sizes, and she is so attached to them and so concerned about them. And uh, I I haven't broached the subject with her. I try to help her, you know, during the night, uh, take them out, you know, to do their business. And, you know, I, I haven't said anything about it, but I think she knows that I'm not exactly sleeping very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would like to be able to say something to her about that sort of thing, without offending her in any way. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm I'm not a, a, a you know a, a very I guess uh, gentle person. We've mm-hmm. been easy with each other on all other things, and I certainly have my own little proclivities and whatever. Well, but that, any suggestions you might have in terms of how I can I can approach that subject, well, you know. know. Dennis, I think the first thing would be is congratulations on your marriage and getting together with your college sweetheart at a a later time in your life. Congratulations on an upcoming uh, first year anniversary. You know, Dennis, again, it's kind of getting back to some important things. One, it sounds like the dogs were an important part of your wife's life even before you came back into her life. And so, of course, there's going to be some natural tendencies about being connected to those dogs uh, there. And I imagine there's a pack... um, pack mentality for the dogs as well that you know uh, your wife's the alpha dog and they're going to be there uh, kind of as a pack and they need to understand that you're the new alpha dog here in town that you and your wife um, that out of all the, all the pack you you get the most attention with your wife and Dennis what I would usually have people start out with you know with what I call I statements meaning that we want to convey something uh, to them your wife obviously is important to you and here it is you know you guys have gotten married at 67 uh, gosh, that must be about 25 years separation if you guys were college sweethearts there. Um, but for you, uh, no, 40, well, a long time, <laughs> a long time. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times I, I ask people to use I statements where rather than saying um, make sure you're in a good mood, you're not upset, you're not stressed out um, and trying to say it in a calm voice to say, you know, um, wife, uh, I need to let you know I feel you know, and you can say, you know, I feel I'm sleeping poorly because of the dogs, or it's kind of about attention. You know, I feel like I need more attention from you, 
rather than putting it something like the dogs are taking your attention away or you are spending too much time with the dogs, put it in the first person. Use that personal pronoun, I. I would like more attention from you. I would like to get to spend the marital bed with you. Um, I need to get more sleep. Um, this way, with the I statements, particularly for men, we tend to get wordy. You know, you, you start with I, what you want, what you need, and you try to keep it to under 10 words. I would like more of your attention. I would like more time together in the bedroom. Uh, I would like, you know, to not walk the dogs. I'd like to sleep better. But a lot of times, you know, your wife, will, she's already starting to sense that there might be an issue there by bringing it out. As long as you're not blaming, uh, pointing a finger or saying, those dogs got to go, it's me or them. Oh, there's a TV show, The Dog and Me or something like that. <laughs> but um, but no, it, it doesn't sound like the dogs have bad behavior. It just sounds like they're very close to your wife. And those would be the first things I would start out with. And I think you're going to be a surprise. I think your wife would be pretty open to making some compromises. And maybe what that means is a pallet at the foot of the bed, you know, for the dogs to sleep. Or, you know, maybe put a pallet in the, I don't know, the laundry room or something like that where um, there is a clear boundary. And you'll hear this many times about boundaries and limit setting. You know, that when people do have boundaries, they find their life a lot more simple and, and not so stressed out. But that's where I would start, Okay. All right, Dennis, and another suggestion, uh, when you're having uh, not necessarily the confrontation, although we did say confrontations can be constructive, uh, as Dr. Gordon has said, you know, try to keep a calm voice, and I would say even make sure, be, be aware of your tone throughout the whole uh, conversation, because uh, I think when, when one person's tone or, or gets excited or starts getting angry, I think that can really escalate and, and kind of throw a monkey wrench into the efforts to try to work the thing out. Uh, as Dr. Gordon said, use those I statements, but also I would say, you know, give someone the other chance, uh, the other person a chance to speak. You want oh, it to yes, be a discussion yes, and not. Yes. Uh, but also, as you mentioned yes. too, have have maybe an idea in mind of of a possible solution and not something in in, in uh, Dennis's case, not get rid of the dogs because that's not really a solution. But as you were saying, maybe we could put the dogs at the foot of the bed or have them sleep in the laundry room or something about that. So uh, I think it's it's good to to clear the air and and let the other person know about your concerns. But it's not all an it's not all one sided. You you need to be able to be willing to make some sort of compromise. I guess. Yeah, Dennis, I would say, you know, have something thought out what you'd like to stay, say, use those I statements and keep that opening uh, thing to 100 words or less <laughs> and then listen to what your wife's response is and try to negotiate. That means give and take on both people's part. We are talking today about bringing up sensitive subjects. In effect, we're talking about effective communication with your loved ones, with your coworkers, and with your friends. We're going to go ahead and take our second break of the hour, but we do have some calls lined up, so we'll be able to get back to some phone calls. After we get back on this, you're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio, all things Mississippi. I'm Dick Gordon, inviting you to listen to The Story. Every day you'll hear from people whose lives reflect what we hear about in the news. These are first-person riveting accounts of what life in a war zone is like, or from a scientist who designs prosthetics and then uses them himself, people who do the tough but necessary jobs. The name of the program is The Story, and that's what it is, real stories from and about you. I hope you'll get a chance to join me. The Story is tonight at 7 on MPB. Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio. 
when and how to bring up sensitive subjects, uh, uh, really effective communication with the people that you interact with on a daily basis. There are always those times when there's something that we need to talk about with our friends, our coworkers, our family members, but we don't really know when the time is right. We're a little bit reluctant because uh, maybe we're afraid of what the outcome might be, or maybe it is a sensitive topic that uh, is uh, difficult to talk about. Well, we're hopefully we'll be able to give you some ideas and some thoughts to uh, make that a simpler process uh, and to uh, have a positive outcome. Because if you can clear the air, if you can get that sensitive subject broached, I think that in most cases uh, you'll find uh, that to be a positive thing and will help with that relationship as it goes further. 877-MPB-RING is our phone number, which is 877-672-7464. We do have some callers lined up, so let's go back to the phone lines. To Picayune we go. Caroline is in the, on the line. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Um, I have a subject that's rather um, delicate. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I've been uh, for 11 years dating a gentleman who was uh, my late best friend's husband. My husband was his best friend. At any rate, it was four years before we started dating after our mates passed away. And he's a very kind, generous uh, just one of the nicest people you won't ever meet. Mm-hmm. But he has this <laughs> habit of um, just discounting anything a woman does or says. Mm. And um, it's it's hurtful. Yes. Um, we do what he wants to do, and I do what I'm involved in. Mm-hmm. Anything that I'm involved in is... In his eyes, that's for women. However, there are men involved in the things that I do. <laughs> I do a lot of volunteer work in the community. I, I was, uh, I held up an important position in the community at one time. Mm-hmm. I'm retired now, and and I, we have a, I have a, a social life, and we have a social life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When we're not doing things with the organizations or, or with a group of other people. And we're going to, say, go out to eat. He gives me a choice of one of two things. I can make up my mind, we're going to do this or we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the way it is. He makes the decision as to what we're going to do, one of those two things, and then it's my uh, prerogative then. <laughs> mm-hmm. But th- that's the way it is. And, um, and like I said, he's a kind, generous just a, a wonderful human being, but this is a trait that I find very difficult. Um, uh, some people say that this is Southern. Well, I'm Southern. Mm-hmm. Um, however, my parents um, left the South for military many years ago, <laughs> and um, I, maybe maybe that's why I don't know really how to deal with this. Um, I, I I I just can't get totally past it. Mm-hmm. I never broach a subject when I'm angry or when yeah. I'm hurt. I'll wait until later and mm-hmm. try to bring it up and talk with him. That well, noise that you hear is my parrot. Well, Karen, can I ask, have you tried to talk with him uh, about this? Yes, I have. And, uh, um, it's It still doesn't seem to penetrate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so Carolyn, does he say, "Look, I'm a traditional man, and and I'm going to, you know, kind of take the lead role," or is he sort of chauvinistic? Where he? Oh yes, chauvinistic. Yes. If there's something going on in the traffic, it's because she did this or she did that, and it's five cars ahead of us, and we couldn't see that car. We couldn't see if there was a woman in that car or not. Mm-hmm. It's because she pulled out. Okay. So uh, it's always the woman's fault when it comes to a traffic accident. Well, with your relationship with him, can I ask, what do you hope things will, will become of it? I, I don't think that as things are, they will ever change. Okay. And I live in my house. He lives in his house. And I, if I want to go somewhere, I go where I want to go. If I go on a vacation, I go by myself. We travel sometimes together to mm-hmm. where he wants to go, mm-hmm. which is, is a male thing. But... um. Just, you know, a day trip or something like that. Yeah. Our interests are, in many ways, they're far apart, but then we're, we're good together. You know, I enjoy being with him. He's, he's good. He's kind. We, we have a good time together. 
but I feel like there's a part of me that's been stored away. Well, you know, and it's also you don't you're not getting a chance to really share the relationship. You know, relationships are about give and take and including that, mm-hmm. you know, your interest should be equally as important to him as his to you. I guess the one thing to look at is if you try to tell him in a very straightforward way, you know, uh, I, again, using those I statements, uh, I do not appreciate the comments about, you know, women being the cause or um, I would like to be treated differently. You know, the thing that you always have to take a look at is what's the risk? You know, if he is a very strongly traditional man, I think he could be open to that, um, you know, to... You know, being attentive to your means also means adjusting and adapting. Perhaps if he's overtly chauvinistic and um, not willing to change, the risk could be as he might say, well, enough of your uh, nagging, I'm out of here type of thing, and then you lose out the friendship, uh, which is there too. You know, in in terms of trying to change a gentleman, uh, I think, you know, it's just certainly not a, a southern gentleman thing. I think southern gentlemen tend to be very courteous to the people who they are with. Um, and make accommodations there too. Um, I'm from the, this from a guy from New York, but um, but I, I do think Carolyn. One of the things that it's going to be up for you to decide is you know what you want from this relationship and how willing and how able do you you think he is to change. And, and starting like you say, talking about this in an open way, not when you're angry, not when you're frustrated by something that he's recently said or done. And I would give him examples. You know, Carolyn, when you say to him, I, I think you know. Um, when you say, I don't appreciate the way you kind of always blame women. For example, the time that we were uh, on the um, road heading out to dinner and there was a car accident and from, you know, five cars back, you said she must have done something, assuming it was a woman. You know, th- those type of things hurt me or I feel um, offended. The, the big risk is that he'll end up saying, well, look, you know, if you can't handle it, I'm out of here. Um, you've been dating for a long time, but it's not sounding like after 11 years, it's clearly not immediately on the way to marriage. And it sounds like the two of you uh, are maintaining a friendship as opposed to a romantic dating type relationship way. Um, but, you know, the one thing you have to decide is uh, what are you willing to risk? You know, it sounds like the friendship would be there, just not so much the dates would be there if you were to kind of put your foot down and say, look, this is something that has to change. But I, I think for you, I think you have a right to say that. And I think it's very appropriate that you let him know how you feel. The only thing you need to decide is what are you willing to accept if there is a risk and how he responds to that. But that's a tough situation. And again, you know, this is really great, you know, from Bubba who was talking about uh, things at work to Caroline who's talking about these are the type of things that we, we deal with in counseling all the time. Really, these are the type of exact scenarios where people say, help me help me deal with this and help me see if we can make changes. Carolyn, I know you guys are not married, but I'd, I'd also say couples counseling might be something which could be effective and helpful as well. But thank you for the call. You know, in that case, and also I think in general as we talk about broaching these difficult subjects, sensitive subjects, <clears throat> I think in the back of your mind or as you think about trying to a way to bring up the subject, you need to figure out what is it that you want as the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, as you said, uh, maybe consider some of the uh, – it's funny because two tips uh, – this was 11 tips for broaching difficult subjects. And right uh, after the another, number six is don't ruminate about worst-case scenarios. But number seven is what's the very worst that could happen? So I guess the idea is maybe have in the back of your mind what the possible consequences of your uh, confrontation or your broaching a sensitive subject is. Uh, but on the other hand, don't overwhelm don't with that and don't let that sort of be a, um, a block for your trying to do this. Exactly. Many times people will set aside or set out it will be a catastrophe, you know, that uh, everything the world blows apart if they if, if Caroline confronts, you know, this man about uh, treating, you know, that she is offended by uh, his comments about women. You know, the other thing that we also hear from too, uh, I see a lot in counseling is when um, a wife notices that a husband is looking at other women, you know, and the husband says, I'm just looking, I'm not, you know, um, but still it's hurtful to the woman. Uh, and I would imagine the same thing if a woman did it to the man, you know, was ogling, ogling you know, uh, somebody. But these are kind of important things to think about because many times we build up in our mind that it's going to be horrific the vast majority of the time, it's not that bad. Uh, it doesn't always turn out good, mind you, but it's it's rarely as bad as we ever make it out to be. And sometimes what we'll do in therapy is we'll say, okay, what is the worst case scenario that 
absolutely can happen so that this way we can kind of mentally prepare the person to do that. We, we, worst thing happens, you know, you'll live through it. You'll have to adjust. Okay, now let's go and, and let's try these things. So uh, it is kind of conflicting uh, advice when I was looking at that, but that's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, well, one, you know, don't just ruminate about going into, you know, um, going in about a speeding ticket. Chances are you're going to get hit with a $250 fine. You know, you can live with that. You know, the judge is not going to throw you into jail unless you say something bad to the judge. So don't say something bad to the judge. But many times people worry about how am I going to present or that I'm going to fall apart, I'm going to end up crying, and then he'll get mad, and then there'll be a fight. Um, and people make it out to be a lot worse than it usually is. Uh, I personally am guilty of that uh, worst-case scenario. Sometimes when something like that happens, especially if it's uh, you know something you – maybe at work there's something comes up, then it's the weekend. Sometimes I do spend the whole weekend thinking, oh, gosh, I'm not going to have a job. They're going to fire me, that sort of thing. And But you're right. Sometimes if you think about it, 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 it it'll get through. It, it's not as bad as you think it might be, and, and just press on and, and see what, uh, what which way it goes. Let's go back to the phones. Here's a call from Jackson. Amy is on the line. Amy, what do you have for us today? Hi, Amy. Are you with us? All right. Uh, we were talking about uh, some of the things that we've been talking actually about throughout the hour, some of the things. And again, we're using uh, as our uh, uh, source material, I guess, 11 tips for broaching difficult subjects and maybe kind of run through some of these. We've talked about them. One is uh, don't stall, that if uh, if something's on your mind, uh, think about it, kind of plan out a strategy. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's good when you confront the person to maybe not dilly-dally around with small talk or whatever, but maybe try to get right down to the subject and get to the important issue at hand uh, so that it can be resolved, I guess. Absolutely. You know, and, and the example is calling a friend from, uh, you know, from long ago and saying, hey, buddy, what's going on out of the blue when they, there's a reason why you've called? And the same thing, too. A lot of times, you know, waiting till the end of the conversation or what we call the door handle comment you know, usually is a, not an effective way of, of communicating. If you have something on your mind, go ahead and, and get started. Get it out there. You know, it might take only a minute or two to resolve or it might take an hour. You never know. But many times in therapy, we call it the door handle comment where you, you're just about wrapping up. You're 50 minutes into your session and you're you're getting ready to, you know, uh, say goodbye. And they go, oh, by the way, and then out comes the most uh, challenging thing, enigma, puzzle, riddle. <laughs> like, okay, we'll have to deal about this next time. And then they come back next next week and they don't want to bring up the subject, you know, and then we have to do it. Um, a lot of things that we're learning about techniques, but just understand it's human nature. Yeah, communications are not easy, but it takes practice and skill to become effective. And I'd say once you start the process, you're worried about broaching that subject. Once you begin that, I think the stress level will decrease. So go ahead. Uh, don't dilly-dally. Get to the point when you're trying to uh, tackle one of these sensitive subjects. We're on Relatively Speaking, talking about effective communication in these sensitive subject areas. We'll be back with more after this. If you'd like to join the conversation, the number is 877-MPB-RING, which is 877-672-7464. Back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. mpbonline.org MPB Think Radio. And welcome back. You're listening to Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell with Dr. Greg Gordon. Today, talking about effective communication in those times when you really need to bring up a sensitive subject. It's it's something that's sensitive or maybe it's something uh, that you feel needs to be brought out into the air, something that's been bothering you, hindering your uh, interactions with coworkers and friends and family. We've been trying this hour to give you some tips on ways to make that a little bit easier. Uh, difficult communication, we're trying to make it easier for you by uh, suggesting things like... Um, don't be angry when you confront someone or if there's a sensitive subject that you need to talk about, uh, to think about what you're going to talk about beforehand, uh, and uh, always uh, use I statements when you're talking about someone to, with someone about something that's been bothering you or an issue that concerns you. Always put it in the I. Don't try to put it off on you or they. Uh, and uh, Dr. Gordon, the other one, I guess, was that I'm trying to think of maybe uh, to be prepared and to uh, let the other person uh, mm-hmm. get get a word in edgewise because, again, mm-hmm. communication is a two-way process and uh, really in order to resolve something you've got to let both sides have their say sure do sure do all right let's go back to the phones amy has called in from jackson amy sorry earlier with the phone problems but what's your question for us 
Yes, um, I'm having um, an, an issue between my mother and my sister. We've had a lot of changes in our family within the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister is really close with my mother and my stepfather, which he passed from cancer. So my mother's life has kind of changed with that. She's a little more active these days, you know, that type thing. Um, and she goes out and she does more with friends. And so then my, I think my sister feels a little isolated from that. Plus, mm-hmm. her husband, my sister's husband, started working out of state a lot with a new job. So when when my mother and my sister talk on the phone or get together, they fight, like, just very ugly to each other. And then here I am kind of stuck in that middle. And um, I see my mother's point and I see my sister's point, but it's tearing our family apart. And I'm hoping maybe you could give me um, some tips or ways to approach these them so that I can talk to them and get their issues resolved. Now, Amy, do, do your, your sister and mother live in the same town? They live about six miles apart. Yes, okay, sir. so they're, they're close together. And how do things normally go when they're in the same house, in the same room, or same restaurant? Um, they kind of cut each other down. Each of, them, each of them accuses the other of kind of being snippy or ugly with each other because that tension is there between them. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gets unpleasant sometimes. (laughs) Wow, I can imagine so, Amy. You know, the the first thing I might think about is trying to find a a place where the three of you could be be together, sort of a neutral territory, like a place where perhaps all three of you ladies enjoy a lunchtime. And how you phrase things was really wonderful, you know, that once the two are, once everybody is together to say, you know, um, uh, the way the two of you have been um, behaving, it's really kind of putting a stress on the family. And where you could, exactly as you said, you know, uh, sis, I know that with your husband going out of town for work, you know, now that's a different for you, mom, with the death of your husband. You know, I know life has changed for you and a lot of changes happened in the last two years. But, you know, I see both of your sides of the story. You know, what are things that, you know, what are the things that you guys can do to work this out? You know, you have, Amy, you have a wonderful way and a nice calm voice uh, uh, about doing that. Have you tried to do anything like that so far? Uh, I have actually, and it it uh, turned into um, uh, they 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 each say that I'm taking the other side, okay. and I'm not. I'm just, I tried to. I, try, I guess my approach has been thus far is to try to get my mother to see my sister's point of view, and try to get my sister to see my mother's. Mm-hmm. And they are both taking that as I'm taking the other side. Other side, yeah. Boy, you know that that's a, you're sort of caught right in the middle between these two who have their own issues to work out, totally unrelated to the family. There, you know, a- right. a- Amy. It does sound like you're doing a lot of positive things. It just so turns out, whatever reason, right now your sister and your mother are being not open to hearing um, hearing you. What other ways in the past have the family? What's the fam, what are some of the family traditions about ending conflict or working through problems? What are some things that work in your family? Well, our family kind of has the approach of if you don't talk about it, it'll go away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They don't. There's never really been any dealing with it. I don't. I, it's just the way my family is, and I guess I'm not that way. I like to resolve issues, and so. I don't know, maybe if I'm putting too much stress on it, but I just, I can't stand to see them so torn, you know? Oh, absolutely, Amy. My stepdad was the key factor between my mother and my sister. He held our family together, and Mm -hmm. so it's kind of been a turmoil since he passed, so. Well, maybe, Amy, that might be the next, you know, thing to think about is is say, you know, what would, uh, what's his first name? His name was Bill. You know, uh, you know, I know Bill, you know, when your mom and sister are together, you know, to kind of acknowledge maybe this is still mourning, you know, the changes and the loss without having him be a part of their life anymore. But to say, you know, I know, you know, when Bill was here, things went a lot smoother. How did you, how did Bill help you to work out these problems, these situations? Um, but the your family has an, a low emotional expression, uh, a low right. emotional uh, 
quotient. And those type of families are, are slow to make changes, and it's, it's really sort of difficult. You're doing things by example, by showing how we can get together and talk about things. And like I say, you know, keeping your voice calm, using those I statements. But maybe it might be helpful to kind of bring, bring Bill back into the, you know, what would Bill do? Or how do you think things would be different if Bill was here today um, with them? Alternatively, if they're just overwhelming you with this, with these feelings and the stress, maybe you might have to let them know that too. You know, to say, um, I'm beginning to not enjoy coming to visit with you. I'm not enjoying having lunch with you anymore because you two fight and bicker. I don't want to take either side. You know, I, I love you both. You know, but if the two of you can't work this out, I, I don't think I want to get together and have meals well, I, with you or other I things have, like and that. And I have kind of, I have never said that to either of them, but I have kind of distanced myself a little bit from the family time sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I, and but I'm, you're saying I should voice that maybe. I, voice it in an honest manner. Again, not, I don't think you should ever say, you know, you have to change or I'm going to walk away. But to, like you say, you know, I find my, Honestly, I find myself, you know, avoiding things that I might have gone to in the past or I feel distant and I'd like us to be closer again. Um, but, I, you know, now it is the time because your family might need more more direct uh, discussion than, uh, than what you guys are doing now. All right, Amy, we appreciate your phone call. Uh, we are on Relatively Speaking. We're running out of time, but I think maybe time, a quick minute, we could discuss uh, this email. It says, this may really sound stupid, but I have a problem with my mom. She's really proud of her cooking, and she should be. She especially likes making spaghetti, which I have never liked. The problem is she thinks it's my favorite food, and she makes it for me all the time. How can I bring this up to her? Mm. <laughs> well, we, I think every single uh, son goes through that. And, Mom, if you're listening, I'm going to go ahead and tell this story. You know, there is a, um, a Mohawk uh, meal uh, called cornbread. And believe me, Mohawk cornbread tastes nothing like southern cornbread at all. Um, it turns out my brother loves Indian cornbread. I do not. And um, I, I, one of these, I'll have my mom make it for you and you can see. <laughs> but, you know, it, it just sort of, it's sometimes, you know, in, in a way that you say, Mom, I know you're a great cook, um, but this is just something that I don't care for. You know, and my mom looked at me when I told her that, and she goes, but you've always loved it. And I said, Mom, I eat it because you make it, <laughs> you know. Um, it took a little while, and I think it did hurt, but, you know, I told my mom in an honest, straightforward way, you know, when neither one of us was in a bad mood. And now I, my mom doesn't make the Indian cornbread for me unless I specifically ask, you know, <laughs> if I'm... It's a it's a it's a meal, you, you guys. It's it's an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> but that might be a situation where certainly humor would help out and maybe diffuse the sensitivity of the of the nature of the issue of nature of the issue. Relatively speaking, is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our producer is Ezra Wall. For Dr. Greg Gordon, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to listen to Money Talks tomorrow at nine, and hope you'll join us next Monday at nine for another Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. All Things Mississippi. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. MPBonline.org. MPB Think Radio.